welcome to the fifth episode of If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, also known as I'm the Dip. This is a show about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, kind of, mostly, where we talk about the episode week to week, but also spoil the crap out of the entire show, because this is not a recap show. We're also probably going to spoil other shows and TVs and movies and everything. So I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Daniel. Say hi. Hi. Stacia, say hi. Hello. How are you guys doing? Everything's going good? Good? It's raining and it's lovely in here. It is raining. It really is loud on the skylight, so I wonder if it's going to pick it up. That's fine. So before we get into the episode, Daniel, why don't you give us some context of what this week in 1997 looked like by giving us the news. Welcome to the news. This week was buggin'. Our main story tonight concerns the Hale-Bopp comet, as this week it made its closest approach to Earth. Discovered in 1995 by Ellen Hale and Thomas Bopp, it would remain visible to the naked eye for 18 months, twice as long as the Great Comet of 1811. Something as massive and unknown and uncaring about the tiny plates of Earth was unprecedented in this modern age. The internet updated users on the comet's trajectory, while national radio, like myself, brought all of the UFO enthusiasts together. It would, of course, turn tragic, as 39 people of the millenarian group Heaven's Gate would commit mass suicide in San Diego. In fact, 20 years later, you can still read the Red Alert and exit interviews at heavensgate.com, which is still around and is maintained by two who stayed behind. They all wore matching black pants, black Nikes, and purple shrouds. They ate applesauce spiked with phenobarbital, washed it down with vodka, and suffocated themselves with plastic bags. They believed that they were leaving the earth as it was about to be recycled. As for the comet, it... cometed away. And that is the news. Thanks, Daniel. And also this week, there were a couple of interesting music releases. And I'm going to go over and see if we uh, remember them. Yeah. Again, we were 10 years old. So here we go. <laughs> uh, so let me know. So the dwarves, the dwarves are young and good looking. Nope. No dwarves fans in, in the in the place. Super Tramp. Some things never change. I know that band. Yeah, Super Tramp are a thing. I don't quite remember exactly. I get them confused with Cheap Trick for no reason. Yes. Because Tramp no and Trick. Them. Yep, that's what it is. Awesome. Everclear. Oh, yeah. White trash hell. Nice. Must I don't the, know what was I on I will it. buy you a new car. I bet it's on that one. You think it's on there? Okay. Guar, Carnival of Chaos. Oh, R.I.P. Guar. They're, they're done. No, they're uh, not. No, it is. Yeah, the, I think uh, the lead singer died. No shit. Yeah. Wow. They have a Guar Fest in Richmond. Yeah, I think year. I knew that. Yeah. But, wow. R.I.P. Guar. Intense. Guar below. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, Rollins Band, nice. Come In and Burn. Dinosaur Jr. Oh, yeah. Hand it over. The Notorious B.I.G., Life After Death, came out this week. So the single came out before when he died. Gotcha. And now the album came out this week. In 1997, Charles Mingus. Mingus plays the piano. He's played a lot of piano in his life. Isn't that a character in Boy Meets World, Mingus? No. Yeah. Isn't oh, it? I don't know. Sure. But Charles Mingus, super famous. I, would, I don't jazz. think it's that you, guy that's in Boy Meets World. It's not. I'm pretty sure it's a dorky kid with an overlay You glasses. know who Mingus is. Anyways, uh, Alison Krauss, So oh, yeah. Long, So Wrong. She will show up on Buffy twice. Alison Krauss? Not on the show, but her music. 
Really? Yeah, during the episode uh, right before uh, Tara gets killed. Um, oh. They play it when Spoiler. Willow and Tara are making out, and it's all really happy. Surely nothing will happen to her in the next episode. Yeah, she does a, um, a like a record, a dual record with Robert Plant. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert, Robert Plant. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. Keep going. Uh, Warren G. Nice. Yeah, came out with Take a Look Over Your Shoulder. <laughs> and also Aqua. Yeah. Aquarium. I'm a Barbie girl. Yeah, man. I had I bought that album because I was 10. And that's what 10 year old girls were doing. You had Aqua. Buying that did album. Did you have Aqua? I did not, no. Did you know it existed? You didn't have that album? No. Oh my God, I know well, every I word have. to every song on that album every still to this song. day. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Not just Barbie Girl. Not just Barbie Girl. Name two other Aqua songs. Look, I'm not here to talk about song titles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, movies in 1997. So this week, uh, these movies, definitely more uniform than I think we do today. So on the 28th of March, these movies came out in 1997. Cats Don't Dance. Nope. Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, which oh, I think this is the, the second one. The second one. No, and also, good. new Power Rangers movies coming out now. Man, what the fuck are we Time, doing? 20 years, every 20 years. And then a movie that looks kind of dope from the poster, but I've never heard of, called The Devil's Own, with Harrison Ford and Brad Pitt. Hmm. Did I say Harrison Ford? Sure did. With Harrison Ford and Brad Pitt. Takers, no one. Nope. Weird. TV, two things happen in TV world. TV's hard because... These things are like premiered and canceled, and so we're not going to get deep into TV unless we like talk about TV. But um, but this week was uh, in particularly awesome for me at least because Smart got a On UPN. On UPN. On the 26th. And then the Teletubbies started on BBC 2 on the 31st. See, we were too old for that shit by then. Too old for that, but still, interesting. The Teletubbies. I didn't actually 100% know they were British. I didn't either. I didn't either. BBC 2. Nice. All right. That is the news. 90s quote here. Let's get into the episode. Never kill a boy on the first date. Episode 5 of season 1 Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Start off, we're in Graveyard. Giles is being extra Giles. Going super hard on, like, I, I gotta stop saying that. Let's cut. <laughs> gotta stop saying what? Going I'm hard on stuff. Hard on. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a super hard on. No! <laughs> no! Giles is being extra about ridiculing. He's being extra about. <laughs> About ridiculing Buffy for not he's being extra. Just being extra. He's being extra ridiculing. Being extra, being extra British and, and commandante about ridiculing Buffy's slaying methods. I think she gets the job done, so why do we care? But that does go to Giles's points. That is kind of his whole job. Look. He was doing his job. He had his notebook <laughs> out. He was like, listen, you know, what did he say? He said, plunge and move on, plunge and move on. That's how Giles treats the women oh, in his no. life. I mean, plunge, move, Joyce. Yeah. We're doing oh, this. No. Sorry. Plunge and move on. Plunge and. Hello. Why don't we use fencing anymore for stealing when we steal stuff? Like the verb for stealing? Or you mean like the job of being a fence? Yeah, when he found the. When uh, Giles found the ring on the ground. Oh, right. She says. She says, um, I do all the work and then you fence all the stuff. I just have never had fencing be a thing in my life. See, I immediately thought of like the sport fencing, which Giles does with uh, Pierce Brosny face. 
What's his name? Oh my god, Allison Hannigan's husband. Alexis Denisoff. Wow. That was a long way home. I still can't even remember the character's name. I'm trying to stall right now to remember his name. Wesley. Wesley is his name. Mm. Wesley Wyndham Price. Damn it. I was like, I know he has three names. Anyway, Giles spends it with him. The joke doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, here. So you can actually read these things. I can't read your handwriting. Oh, no. So we find a ring uh, while we're fencing or stealing the things off the corpse, right? While we're fencing. While we're fencing. And it's got like a sun and stars on it. And Buffy notices this immediately the next day. She looks like Gile hands her, hands her the ring back. And she's like, oh, a sun in- you see this on the inside? And he's like, oh, no, I didn't notice. Dude, you've had it for an entire evening, an entire day. You're a research guy and somehow missed the engraving on the inside of the ring. So Giles loses points for being Giles on that one. Oh, loses points. See, I would just give him points for that. I mean, especially season one, Giles. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. He needs he, Buffy so much in the first season. He needs Buffy so much. Fuck? And that's why, a note later on, I'm like, why is this a thing? This is not a thing. Am I forgetting it wrong? Because it feels like Giles knows everything. She goes from, I've got all the answers. I read this in a book one time. I saw a video about this too. I, what? You're saying funny words. Ha <laughs> ha. What do I kill? Yeah, she we does. need a plan. My plan is to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> Leaves. What's that do? Other than this gang, people don't really go in the library at all until Owen, this episode, and Buffy acts like he's a long lost friend. Like, oh yeah, that's Owen. Giles, don't you know Owen? What do you want? A book? Oh. See, this is a school and we have students and they check out books and then they learn things. I was beginning to suspect that it was a myth. We don't know Owen. And I actually resent Buffy for acting like we should know who he is. Fuck Owen. Yeah. I'm going to say that now. So let's talk about Owen. So Owen walks in. I really like his introduction. I thought it was the meat cute right off the bat. If we're just pretending like we've never watched this before. It's like. I just hey. have to say, I really love how you just like shook your hair out. Like you're ah, in a shampoo it's commercial. Really in my second. hair, but I felt like it was. Uh, but anyway, so the meat cute. Oh, I did that for my own self. That was not. Oh, I thought you were doing because like gag. meat cute. Ah. No, that was oh, now sounds fine. I, I wish that we could go back. Yeah. We have to go back. So anyways, so the meat cute was fine. Um, you know, what do you want? A book. And then Josh was like, that's right. I'm a librarian. I was like, this is good. This is good. I like this. And then immediately, immediately, Owen is just like, someone dressed like you shouldn't be here. And I don't know how girls like musty books. He is just the most ridiculous person. And, but you know, it's like, whatever. This is episode five. You got to have Buffy have somebody. Yeah. Immediately outed as a sexist to like, mm, please don't date Buffy. Yeah, but then he's so desirable. Well, we've never heard of him before. Why does he have to be a Sunnydale resident? Why do we have to pretend that he's there? Well, yeah, why couldn't he have just shown up? Buffy just showed up. Right. And we're going to talk about how Jesse's not even around. (sighs) Jesse. I can't believe we never. Oh, my God. We never talk about him. Literally never once. Never, like, even a throwaway line. That's really funny. Wow. Tiger print furry jacket slash hoodie. Yeah, it's so amazing. I, it's everything. What it's it's like she literally skinned a stuffed animal and put it on her body. She looks good. <laughs> she looks good. <laughs> she looks good. Giles incorrectly guesses the time that the uh, whatever it's not the ascension. That's the mayor the anointing. thing. Yes, the anointing is going to happen. But JK, he did know 
it just wasn't at that graveyard. Just like in A New Man, he goes into that crypt because there's supposed to be some prophecy happening and thinks they just wait there, nothing happens, and then he leaves and then goes back for whatever he was doing to clean up his like sticks on the ground and oh, JK, Ethan Rain is there. It was the right thing. Everything's okay. Ethan Rain from Lost? Oh, you don't do this. That was contrived as hell. Okay. I didn't know that Kale existed in 1997. Oh my God. Right when he said that, I was like, holy shit. When's the first time you had Kale? That's like four years ago, I feel like. I mean, we obviously we were Did they have the Kale out here? Did you know about Kale? Yeah, maybe it was just because we're Maybe on the it's East just Coast. like, oh yeah. I don't. I grew up in Eastern Oregon. There was no Kale oh, there. That's true. I need you to defend the entirety of the West Coast right now and why they. There was no Kale in John Day. This is. Uh, Poor defense. Well, I can tell you. <laughs> I like how Xander asks how the slaying went when Buffy sat down after her night in the graveyard. And uh, Buffy was like, shh, quiet. Can't say that. Honestly, if I heard the word slaying in public, I would just be like, that person is talking about a guitar. That person is talking about Buffy's doom metal band. <laughs> and she is. Buffy's doom I mean, metal imagine band. Willow being the vocalist for the doom metal band. Oh, man. oh she could probably get. Gnarly. Well, no. Well, Vampire Willows. Yeah, that would be fun. Willow. But even Witch Willow. Witch Willow would have been. And then Xander would definitely be on the biggest. And that's. Yeah, that's the band. Otherwise, it could mean fucking, which would be inappropriate, yes. or it means vampires. So it's one of the three. Gotcha. Did you notice the birdcage chair in the bronze? You're all about pointing out cages, like Amy's cage, Oz's cage, book cage, everything cage. I didn't notice the cage. Right, well, I was also watching this the SD versions because I forgot Netflix uh, was a thing, and they're, um, they're I couldn't see anything nor read much. So when the anointed are driving away in their car, I had no idea where they were going <laughs> because I, it just was a blur to me. It could be an airport, but I can't confirm the existence of an airport because we never hear or talk about it ever again. Poor Stacia pointed out they were just trying to get to the airport. Those poor people. And poor then, people. It's sad. They're probably just going on vacation. They're probably just getting away. Fleeing in fucking terror crazy... as everyone there should be. Yeah, and then you have someone like that on the bus, like some drunk fucking homeless guy Same screaming in the book. Shit, yeah. or in the book. In the bus? Come on. Like, where is the authority of the bus driver? I feel a bus driver is a sacred obligation. Oh, my God. To bring that to an end. And also running out there and being like, are you okay? Come on, don't do that. Call the cops immediately. Also the cops. Ha ha, cue laughter. All of Buffy's. I've read that like three times. Call the cops. And then it's like, fuck, I have to just say that is a joke. I forget that that's a joke because why? Yeah, we can't. Um, all but then they speak of the authorities. I'm sorry. Then they speak of the authorities <laughs> later on, and they're like, they determine that it was like when when uh when Flutie gets fucking eaten. They're like, oh yeah, the they they determined they be, being some authoritative figure is saying wild dogs 
in suburbia have attacked this principal. So who are in they locked in his locked office? And where the fuck are they when people need them to be authoritative on their behalf? Just Flutie gets authority. The fuck? I don't want to be smirched the California Parks and Recreation Department. Oh I don't think it's them. I, I don't think do it's them. This. I don't think it's them. But if you can find a way to weasel them into every episode. I'm going to have to look at California bylaws and try to understand like who <laughs> is going to be the one in the school like doing this. I think probably there, I would imagine that there's probably a gun in the school to protect from potential grizzlies. All of Buffy's outfits are also slang outfits, so she's good for dates and for kicking ass. Also, the pointed song about that's playing while she enters the bronze and Owen is canoodling with Cordelia and not her. It's like, oh, she's just a girl. It's very pointed because she's just a girl. She's just a girl. I felt sad for Buffy in that moment. Yeah, well, you're supposed to, right? Yeah, but I was shocked at how manipulated I was. And <laughs> I really did feel sad. I felt a lot of things for these people in these episodes. And I'm surprised that I still can yeah. feel for these people, even though I know their outcomes and everything. I still feel for him. Yeah, that stupid airport bus made me remember that the anointed one is a thing. And I just I f- preemptively like, Ugh. See, and I forgot. I thought Owen was the anointed one. That would have been better. And the whole time he was there. And like when they put Willow and Tanner went into the room with them, I was like, dude, you're about to get like smashed up. because get the anointed- That's what I thought. So when it wasn't him and it wasn't even the fake anointed one, I really questioned what I actually remember about the show. And that felt good. <laughs> Because then I'm kind of watching this for the first time again. And oh my god, I hate that fucking kid. The whole thing. So if we could have not had him in the rest of the season. Later, yeah, he has this voice on, like, whatever they're doing. They do a weird effect on his voice, yeah. Which is ridiculous. And they make him sound like, they want him to sound like an adult. So they just dubbed him over. Sure. But instead, it's like a 10-year-old playing with a toy. Yep. And he sounds ridiculous. And he always just says, kill them all. It's like, <laughs> all right, dude. And Master's like, oh, god, that gets my mind. I love this. The whole scene with Owen in front of the lockers in the watch situation. Sandra has mad watch envy, his stupid little Tweety Bird watch. Owen's out there with that classy pocket watch. But he gets no points because he's a piece of shit. And he's an idiot. Owen. That whole conversation they have about time. Oh Mm. my god, it never fucking ended. He's being super patronizing because he's sexist, so I think it's that one. Or if he's just so stupid, he's like, no. You know when the big hands. hands Oh, I thought he was just playing along. No, I think he was really dumb. Like, I think he's really dumb. Yeah. Tonight will work. Great. I'll pick you up at seven. Um, seven. That's when the little hands there. Oh, between the six and the eight. Um, I'll see you then. I guess he's just book smart. He's street smart. Yeah, that's the. Bummer. Is he book smart? He, well, he, uh, as far as we know, he has read one book. Well, ever. he likes his soil and green. <laughs> That's not a book. No, but he likes his reference, and he the writers <laughs> like his reference. <laughs> And he likes Emily Dickinson I just a think lot, he's really a dumb. lot. I mean, she does write, you know, six well, line he, poems. So he he's... took her excuse as uh, my watch stopped and I know what time it was or even what day it was as okay. straight up fact because he was like, oh, my God, I thought I was the only one that happened to you. <laughs> I'm so I glad I have a way. kindred spirit in you. Let me explain watches so that this doesn't happen again. It Love was it. hard for me. <laughs> Love it. My interpretation was. That hap- when he was like, yeah, that happens to me too, or whatever. That was basically just conceding, like, that's a bullshit story. Yeah, that happens to all of us, right? We all have yeah. that crazy thing going Give on. Give this guy way too much credit. Too much. <sighs> I know. It doesn't pan out for my interpretation. Also, I thought he was the anointed one, so I thought he was like, 
playing cute like that because he was trying to get this thing going. But yeah. little did he know he didn't have to do much because Buffy was just willing to go right down in he, there. He does not pick up on social cues. This kid... They did tell him not to follow, and then he just followed. Well, this kid, when they were at the lunchroom, and Cordelia bumps into Buffy, and she oh. dumps her tray, and then Cordelia's like, are you going to the bronze? And he was like, who's going? And she's like, besides me? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, didn't realize that Cordelia was like, I'm the only important one in this scenario. Oh, and I've offended you. And Owen let himself be played, because Buffy rolls up to have her date after her, like, failure of a slaying night. And then Cordelia is dancing with Owen and Cordelia's total Buffy, doesn't Owen look sexy with his hair pushed back moment? <laughs> <laughs> and so Buffy leaves in defeat. And she Cordelia does. did that on purpose. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. Why do you wear your hair like that? Your hair looks so sexy pushed back. Katie, will you please tell him his hair looks sexy pushed back? So while they're all talking, Xander has his locker open and behind him there's some weird fucking poster that says like, Devil's Night Cramps! And it's got, like, a demonic picture on it. So if anybody in the world knows what the hell that is, please let me know. I'm sure it's just some shitty band. But And the best part of this episode is what? What, guys? What is the best part of this episode? When Buffy, Buffy says... Jacket. Oh, pork and beans. Pork and beans. Oh, my oh. God, you guys. When Buffy says, if the apocalypse comes, be oh, You guys are the worst. <laughs> and look, I won't go far, okay? If the apocalypse comes, beat me. That was an amazing scene. Yeah. Well... The whole thing was baffling, so maybe we can walk through it. So Xander's there because he's one of the girls. Well, that's what they said in episode one or whatever. Oh, right, right, yeah. Um, wh- but why, really, is he there? And then he's Jealousy. a creep. Right. I mean, the whole thing is just tinged with, like, just everything you would think Xander would say. Well, and the opportunity to possibly see to Buffy. possibly see Buffy. And Buffy's it. just all up in that robe. I mean, if I was Buffy and Willow, I'd just be like, you're really not supposed to be here. Yeah, this sure. really isn't for you. Yeah. And if I was Xander, I'd be like, I understand. <laughs> and also, I would be so uncomfortable to be in that room. Oh, yeah. At that age or whatever. And Xander's super weird. And yeah. So that whole scene was very strange. It was well written. It was funny. I thought it was hilarious. Thanks. I love Buffy when it's like, go with the red. And then he's like, you're going to be a stupid slut. <laughs> but the red. It's like, I'll go with the peach. I was like, yeah, <laughs> there you go, Buffy. Okay, guy's opinion. Which one do you think Owen would like better? The red or the peach? Oh, you mean for kissing you and then telling all his friends how easy you are so the whole school loses respect for you and then talks behind your back. The red's fine. Thanks. I'll go with Peach. That dynamic that's so trite and so done over and over and over again, I'm glad they drop it. I'm glad that they totally inverse everyone's trajectory. Yeah, well, it gets... Never really come back to it either. Have her own moment with Oz, which is nice. Xander does the Cordelia thing and forgets about Buffy. But even, like, in season eight, where, like, Buffy thinks that Xander, at the whole end of it all, is the one person that, like, has the same in common with her. Are you guys both forgetting about how Xander and Willow cheat on their significant others with each other? Oh, yeah, but that's, like, a... No! We're about to get some... What's up? But that's what? But it's a short... Thing like it, they build it over like a couple. I just got you on the window. Braylon against Bob Dylan for not being monogamous. <laughs> well, I just don't think you can say we've moved on. Willow gets her moment. Everyone gets mm. their moment because then we come right back to it. Oh, I just mean more for the sake of thank God it's not just Xander l- lusting after Buffy episode after episode. But yeah, no, that totally happens, and that's good. Like there, but I feel like Willow has more power. I guess is more what I'm saying. Where she's not just like Xander is the one and only. He is the beginning and the end. There is no other person for me. I don't think planet. that's true. I don't even remember. I think that's exactly why she cheats on Oz. 
She's like, I've waited for this forever. I can't not do this. But then realizes a mistake, and then it never happens again. Like, they never have another moment of, what what is this face you're giving me? Well, they never do. Yeah, that's We can just talk about this when we get to it. What? Do you think there's another In two years? In three years? Oh, my God. Well, yeah, we should say I made the point in this conversation that I wanted to make. Man, stay tuned for four years. Stay tuned four (laughs) years from now for the tangent. It'll be one full episode. (laughs) Well, bonus features about how she sustained herself throughout the tangent. Yes. What did she drink? What did she drink to tangent? Let's do it. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, and being a super sexist shitbag. Like, oh my God, I usually don't date women because they're so stupid. I can't talk to them. Can but you're like almost like, okay. Oh, girl. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah. yeah at the bronze. Oh, yeah. All girls yeah. are like super superficial. I mean, not that they're not. Cordelia totally is exactly what he's talking about. But that doesn't still, excuse him. The blanket huge, statement. Well, there we go. Broad brush. We don't broad yeah. brush people. Yeah. Just, it's absurd. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. Yeah. So Owen can sit on it. It's like you're the four things you've like interactions you've ever had in your life have not been great. And you've that, read books. You should be empathetic to the existence of other. That line was engineered to make Buffy feel guilty for shirking her responsibilities. Correct to go on a date with him and him being like girls that care about dates are so stupid <laughs> and then Buffy's like maybe I'm stupid oh, Buffy so it was done for plot basically thanks Owen you yeah. are the plot device that gets yeah. us to where we've got to go and in the end that's all he was really he was we we're putting a, a line in the sand about who Buffy will be with and won't be with here's Owen and Angel and we're not going to side with Owen somebody like Owen is not going to be with Buffy and I think that maybe that's people's preoccupations. Like, who are, how are people going to get together? I mean, it's 90s TV. It's like, who's yeah. going to date who? Oh, he's still who's going to be with that. who? And so, yeah, exactly. So Buffy, who's going to date Buffy? Well, someone like Owen's not going to until season four. And then, but then you got Angel and Angel's going to leave and go do his own show. And then we're going to do these weird things. Yeah. So I don't know. Giles' car. Giles' car is so British that I think your, your rating for the Giles-ness of an episode is going off the charts at this point. No, man. It's unbelievable. It's low. How many times do... A low. I mean, he, got- he has a straight British car. Why doesn't Giles have enough money to buy a Corolla? Oh, Why does he have to drive around in his fucking British his car? Citron. Because he's British. Yes. He just has to announce to the world he's British. Look, he that's didn't- the most British thing ever, and that's the most Giles thing ever. So Giles gets a ten of ten in my book <laughs> for driving that car because I don't think we see it a lot. He gets a six of ten. You are spoiling your rankings. He right didn't now. wear enough tweed in this episode. He did not take his glasses off enough in this he episode. He didn't take his glasses off at all this episode. So, not from my Yeah, that that I saw either. So there you go. Those are my arguments. Yes, the Citron was in it. Not enough tweed, not enough glasses. My Giles meter he did make that one comment about Emily Dickinson. Oh not yeah. being like being pretty good for an American. Yeah, he's a good poet for an American. He's pissed at <laughs> Buffy's life choices, which is like already up in like the seven to eight territory and his eyes like rolled back into his skull when she's talking about boys wait what are you talking about what are you talking about boys yes well i'm talking about trouble a violent and disturbing prophecy is about to be fulfilled i i i behoove you on the audience's behalf to reconsider your gile score you know from we- a six to ten to don't don't spoil it surprises <laughs> okay <laughs> just i'm saying I'm looking out for Giles in this episode. Stay tuned to the Stay end tuned. of the episode when yeah. I don't change my fucking oh mind. Oh my god. This is, uh, if we've lost viewers, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't blame you. Go to a Giles podcast that really discusses the hard truths. In fact, this is where I announce my departure <laughs> from If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. And if I have to go, will you remember?
someone else while I'm away. There's nothing for me in this world for strangers. It's all someone else's idea. So, Stacia, the next thing that I have here is that Giles has no idea what beepers are because they're like, you know, if the apocalypse comes, beep me. And, and he's like, oh, what? The, this page, she has a beeping thing, which lends more credence to Daniel's argument. Oh, I don't have to address him. He's not in the room anymore. I forgot. I just assume that they don't have beepers in England. Oh, that might be it. That could be it. I don't think that's a thing. Oh. They definitely have beepers in Who England. is this stranger? Sorry. I walked in. <laughs> My set hasn't been built yet. Okay. We're doing it to exact specifications. Gotcha. It has to be opposite of American, so it's a lot of work. So Cordelia says, mm, hello, salty goodness, mm. when Angel walks into the bronze. <whistles> and that also happens in an angel of his... Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't... I just want to give that information away. Hand, That's a spoiler. That's a heavy spoiler. Couldn't hand it to you any harder, and you're just like, I refuse. That's a heavy spoiler. I refuse to take it. Stacia's the one that points it out, but she's like, nope, I refuse to comment on this. So in an angel episode, they all lose their memories. They go back to, like, when they were in high school. They all being, like, it's Cordelia, Wesley, and Angel. And, and the first thing Cordelia says when she gets her memory back, because she's high school Cordelia again, is... Oh, hello, salty goodness. Way to have information that you refuse to share, Stacia. Do you think that Angel, like, incredibly debates with himself every time he should talk to Buffy? Because he watched her for a year, and now he finally gets to interact with her, and do you think there's a lot of pressure to be like, it has to be really good information, or I can't do this? Oh, God. (laughs) I just can't make up reasons. And then I have to seem kind of mad about it so she doesn't catch on. Every time he pulls another Hanes V-neck out of the five-pack, he's like, I don't know if today's the day. The v necks are better than those white collared shirts that he doesn't button all the way and doesn't tuck in. Oh, yeah, those aren't great. But I feel like once he actually gets to his own show and his head gets wider, well, his whole body gets wider, he starts dressing a little bit better, just starts dressing like an adult. When he evolves to Captain Forehead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Buffy's bite me after she gets the news that Giles is off on his own adventure. What the fuck? Who says that? No one says that. People yeah. used to say that. Yeah, bite me is totally. That's totally yeah, but as like an insult, not as like a curses kind of moment. Well, and then also wasn't that like a like Angel showed up right around yeah, that Angel moment? Was right there. Yeah, so I think it was a cheap. Vampire oh, joke. totally cheap. Oh, yeah, totally. Buffy misses every Angel is a vampire clue that there is. Every single one. And yet she's supposed to be the smart one. And so she thinks he's dreamy. She it's calls dr- him a honey. She does. She does call him a honey. It's <laughs> incredible. Oh, gross. I hate it. <laughs> I loved it so much. Well, he is a honey. <laughs> so Giles goes off to try to fight the vampire or just figure it out or whatever. And this was a baffling scene knowing what we know about Giles because Giles is a badass, was always a badass. And so him pulling out his cross, which again is like, well, whatever. And then he's so afraid when he gets in there. Why not just break off? something and stab the motherfuckers he gets not he's so strong every episode i know and i know that's a thing points for giles points for giles for getting knocked out i agree that's totally fine but if he's strong enough to like pull this file cabinet that clearly has files in it and just like prop it up against the door no problem come on man you can easily like outmaneuver this thing like a zombie and fucking boom five thousand dollar him it's not that hard. i know he has to be there they're not super strong yeah they are 
That's why it takes a superhero to kill them. Like everything, strength is relative. The show, strength is relative. And you don't want Giles to be strong. I get it. I understand why you're not doing it. But also don't make him a badass in the future or in the past. In the future of the past. Days of future past. (laughs) Yes. But he's never turns into a, like, badass hardcore fighter. True. And I guess we don't really see it until fucking the comics right because we get the whole backstory of giles and stuff like that oh do we know about like oh you do season two yeah the oh. uh dark days or oh, yeah. like that. um the mark of igon thing is when we first get a taste of okay. what it was like what was he called again did he have like a nickname ripper the, see if you're called Not the, the ripper that's something else yeah, right if you're called <laughs> if you're called fucking ripper yeah and you can't like stab some stupid zombie that literally falls over and bears his chest when you have a fucking cross I'm sorry. You're not worth shit. Why is he hurting me? (laughs) So anyways, he's in the morgue and it's terrible and they have to run off to go get him. And that's when all that stuff happens. And then afterwards, after Buffy's come and kind of save the day a little bit, we're opening up the morgue doors and it reminded me of Breaking Bad because we got the camera angles and all the weird places. And I appreciated that. Keep looking. He must be here somewhere. A quick note about how silly, fucking over-the-top campy the music is in this season. It drives me nuts. It's one of the reasons why I don't super love this season. Because I know this is a campy show. I know it's goofy. But, like, holy shit. The music, Walter Murphy, I think, is the the guy that does the the score for this season. I, I can't fucking stand it. It's so distracting because it's so, like... It's so cartoony. It's practically listen to a fucking Looney Tunes commercial with them bouncing down the halls. I, ugh. So I can't wait for Christophe back to take over. I just needed to say that. It drives me fucking nuts. No one else has noticed. No one. I, I didn't quite notice. The fake anointed one just screaming crazy shit like pork and beans? What the fuck? What the fuck is up with him? Mm-hmm. What's his deal? I don't know. What oh, was his deal to begin with? He's a murderer. Pork and beans. Pork and beans. You know what his deal yeah, is? Yeah, that's right. Oh, God, the murderer. He is discount for the fucking people. Adam Baldwin. That's what he is. That's what his deal is. He's pissed because he's not actually Adam Baldwin. He won't actually get to be on Firefly. But maybe that's for the best because Adam Baldwin's kind of a piece of shit. So it's okay. Well, that's a, that's a deep cut. <laughs> a lot packed into that. <laughs> a lot to unpack there. So the fighting scene was kind of absurd. I thought the fight, the entire arc of the fight was terrible. Um, just oh, and the smashing home. and like again relative strength of Buffy where a push like knocks her out and then he is able to like with a pan take over and then he just just blithely announces that he's killed fucking Owen when he just hit his head there's no blood any kind of contusion like that would take hours to kill him he's not gonna die instantly but Buffy like you killed my date you killed my date <laughs> and then does a little flip kick and then they kick each other and then of course Giles starts up the crematory you know the cremator machine or whatever the, the hell it's called the, the, the crematron <laughs> the chem- the crematron <laughs> crematron 5,000 if you're fancy also I feel like you would need a key and probably two people to start that motherfucker there's gotta be an there's no way right? it's not just going all the time it's not just I can just hit this button by accident and throw some kid in there like or whatever some kid <laughs> well the anointed one, man, we want to kill the kid, right? Sure we got to take care of this kid. Does the kid die? One this? of Spike's finer moments. Yes. Oh, yeah. Die, okay. Like one or two episodes into the next season, Spike's like, oh, done Spike. with this shit, and puts him into the sun. It's amazing. Yep. I totally Just forgot that. him up in a cave. <laughs> or a cage. There's an off screen like, ah, it's so good. Oh, my <laughs> God, I can't wait. Oh, yeah, man. That's a long way from now. Anyways, and then at the end of it, they just want to go get ice cream. Okay, so Owen says specifically, I thought we would go to Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. So they... is Ben and Jerry's the ice cream bar? 
Are there more than one ice cream places? I'm thinking that it is because they're in the cemetery. Now, I know that there's like 80 cemeteries, but right. I'm, I'm feeling like they think that it's only one. Or maybe it's one very large interconnected cemetery. Oh so God. when they're in the cemetery, they're thinking, oh, I'm close to ice cream. And that's why Willow was like, oh, the shortcut makes sense because that's how you get to ice cream. So now everyone in the cemetery is just like, ice cream's just on the other side. Or maybe they they all are aware that there are 12 cemeteries, but there are also 12 Ice cream shops. We gotta have them outside the cemetery. That's I mean, when grandma <laughs> dies, you've got to got have to some ice cream for the kids. That's how. That's probably Willow's most the fond, fondest memory. Oh, and two, probably the whole town going to just going home, to get ice cream after ice their cream. loved ones die. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. Willow loves Kool Aid squeezers. They're back. Gotta have something to put your juice in that's portable. They were enjoying it. Kool Aid. That cool. end was absurd on to me. You just want to be friends? Yeah. That's what I was gonna come to say. They won't be friends. Two, two notes about this. Number one, did you guys wear your backpacks with just one? Yeah. Yeah. Totally a 90s thing. I yeah. don't, I never the see kids doing that anymore. Even when I like was tutoring, never saw it. Everyone had two straps on. So whatever thing we started with like, your back is going to be misaligned, wear two straps, worked. <laughs> it fucking worked. No one does that shit anymore. And also, I don't really buy that Buffy would just be instantly like deal break, like it's done. Because I feel like she would almost... Like, not only want to talk it out more, I understand why she's not there. I already made the case for the line in the sand saying someone to go and is not somebody that Buffy would kind of go for for that reason. While they're having that conversation, Buffy and Owen breaking up conversation, yeah. behind her on the bulletin board, there is a sign that says lost. That is most important. So Owen walks away forever. Giles and Buffy are the best. The conversation's great about duty and service, loyalty and blah, blah, blah. Fantastic. I think, I, you know, obviously if Buffy is like the smart one doing all the stuff, Giles is definitely very necessary for that level of support to keep her going. And then I think the tables switch completely in Giles' favor. He becomes all of the dad yeah. that Buffy never had and oh, yeah. really the mom that Buffy never had. So True. My father gave me a very tiresome speech about uh, responsibility and sacrifice. Sacrifice, huh? It seems like a nice lap. Yeah. But he wants to be Danger Man. You, Sander, Willow, you guys, you guys know the score. You're careful. Two days in my world and no one really would get himself killed. Or I'd get him killed. Or someone else. I went to the funeral home of my own free will. And I should have been there. Buffy. I blew it. I have volumes of law, of prophecies, of predictions, but I don't have an instruction manual. We feel our way as we go along. And uh, I must say, as a slayer, you're, you're doing pretty well. Also, the very last thing, we find out the anointed one isn't discount out of Baldwin after all. It's this annoying child. What a twist. Super creepy kid. And, and the twist was good. I, I mean, mean, we knew it was coming. It right, was stupid. So, but, but I thought it was pretty fun. Not knowing that the kid is horrible, like just t- having around on the show. Uh, I think that probably, I wouldn't have guessed it was the kid, I guess. I think it worked. I think the whole thing worked. How'd you feel about it overall? Is it okay? It was okay. That's great. Let's move on to Moral Learning Corner.
episode five. What lessons have we learned? Uh, Stacia, why don't you start us off with? I would think the lesson for never kill a boy on the first date would be to never kill a boy on the first date. Get out. Get out of this apartment. I don't know why you would say that. That's ridiculous. I agree. I want a real answer from you now. I have a set. <laughs> I have a set for my trial show. If you want to join my trial show. Okay. Let's well, do okay. it. So we're done. See you later. <laughs> Is that you walking away? <laughs> and the door slamming. Okay, well, what I thought about the episode and the moral learning was that that I think that the, it's we're supposed to learn that you shouldn't sacrifice your career for relationships and you should be careful who you trust. I'm signing off now. Alone. We should be careful with who we trust. Oh, my God. We trusted you. Oh, my God. We Where's trusted it? you. Where are these voices coming from? All right, we'll finish this episode, I guess. Do you, what did you learn? Oh, is that you walking We're back? back. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. I can't believe I didn't it. listen to what you said because I was in the other room looking at my set. You know, when she said that yesterday, when I was like, what do you think the moral learning lesson of this episode was? She's like, well, I think it's never kill a boy on the first date. I swear to God, I was mad. <laughs> like, why the fuck? Did why you walk she... out? Because you should have. <laughs> you no, she's like, I have to go for question. air. <laughs> you get a stupid answer. She's the one that should have left for saying that shit to my face. That's fair. That was why a fair you? lesson to learn. <laughs> There's not a lot of room. Like, go stand in the corner over there. Right. No, can't do that. <laughs> All right, so let's rank them. Time to rank the episode. Rank, do, do, ranking time. Do, um, do. I'm just going to go first. Willow hacks something, or we talk about the net, capital N. She doesn't actually get on a computer at all. Nobody gets on a computer in this episode. There's no computer. In so I left it at five. Remember, the, the standard the is five. Right. And she was like, well, can you get minus points for the internet? I was like, girl, I don't know about you, Jane. You can get all the minus <laughs> points you want. <laughs> so we got to leave it at five as the standard. Joyce is not in this episode. Also gets a five. She gets a five for not showing up because that's the best that she can do is not be around. Uh, ridiculousness of the monster of the week slash the big bad uh, I fucking hate the anointed one um, fuck discount Adam Baldwin we get a three for the week not great relationship goodness or badness I put it down at a three because Owen fucking sucks he's a sexist asshole and, and we're not super great friends in this one I feel like Xander immediately is like a new guy blah 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 and, and he goes all pervy and he goes all skeevy yeah. yeah absolutely yeah, friendship's not high. And Willow is very much not a thing. Yeah. It's very weird until she gets her first episode. I, she's a background player for the most part. It's yeah. Which is unfortunate because oh, so Willow's great. Uh, we can get another fight now if you'd like. Giles level of Giles. Six. Gets a six. <sighs> it is a 10 out of 10. This is a not classic tweed, Giles No episode. glasses removing or cleaning. I don't, don't worry. I don't we have an audience for, for 10 of 10. We have an audience that understands real rankings. So you keep on your... Um, I did add a category that I'm going to do, oh, going forward, which is just like episode specific stuff. Man, like, you are really like fucking your mouth up here. I know, but I got it all. It's all good. It's all good. So the episode specific category for this oh, one God. is that this episode gets a 10 out of 10 for using the name of our podcast in it. That is that is a good <laughs> category. That's a high Sunday, ranking right there. I guess oh. we'll have to pop this one up. Yeah. So that's, Shit, that, that has to change total, my ranking. Total of 32. And <laughs> that puts it overall for this season. Out of the five episodes, it looks like Never Kill a Boy on the First Date is going to be six. Um, oh, no, no, sorry. It was five. I forgot I rewrote everything. So, yeah, five, five of five for me. And Stacia, is the math correct? I have no idea. As far as you know. Okay. I actually added It was very convoluted, so. Uh, okay. Stacia, what is your ranking for what Never do Kill a Boy on the First Date? Out of five of five, where are you placing it?
It looks like Stacia's ranking for this one is four or five. The witch being the last, so. It's all right. Yeah, that's what you had. Okay. <laughs> four or five. Four or five. No, well, I'm not on four oh. or five scale. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're doing at one out of one thirty-seven. Oh, right? Never kill a boy on the first day. One out of one hundred and thirty-seven. I would assume that I would have put this one pretty fucking low, but not so, so low because I know what shit's coming. Like every week, I know what's to come. The first season is bad, but it's like sort of typically TV bad, where it's kind of watchable and fun. The stuff that comes later is terrible. I would I would guess that I would put this at like ninety seven. It's 97 for me. Man, you think there's a lot of bad episodes going There's on. a lot of bad episodes. Oh, I guess there's got, like, a lot. We are literally five episodes in, and there are a lot of bad episodes to Yeah, come. like a fish and... Well, and also, we're about to 22 episode seasons. Bad. Like, okay. imagine, imagine... Bad eggs. Ima- and killed by death. Imagine oh, yeah. this and the puppet show. Imagine, and we could just keep doing that. Imagine, and I say another <laughs> thing. Um, imagine this first season on 22 episodes like yeah. having to come up with another what nine episodes of oh, yeah. of what garbage yeah, i mean then we would find out what happened to the she mantis's eggs right we might have but we would have had to wade through another eight episodes and probably another eight weird cliffhangers that they would try to do for season two and then season two would be dragged down so i think this is the best the best outcome for this first season and so I don't want to blame them too bad. And I think um, ones coming up like Angel and obviously Prophecy Girl are ones that are actually really good. Yeah. But for the most part, these are pretty shitty in the overall scheme of Buffy. But it's also a show trying to find itself. I'm not going to get mad about it. Like, I'm sure I probably probably put, like, Teacher's Pet and stuff really low. But they were kind of fun. And talking about which was hilarious with you guys. Like, it's one of those things where you get a new appreciation for it. Yeah. Every time. So. And you said that you're going to keep firm on your ratings. Like, you're not going to switch them around huh? no that's it i'll have to justify it all right but well, i won't have to justify it for seven years so any parting suck words on it. never suck kill a on boy it? on the first oh, day jesus christ oh, i just said that <laughs> suck on it giles for life okay well that's it for never kill a boy on the first date uh aired on march 31st 20 years ago today so thank you for listening if you want to follow us on twitter we're don't at... bother oh okay don't bother okay if you want to follow me alone on Twitter, I'll be at at BeatMePod. Um, that's probably the best way to figure out when we're doing episodes. You can follow us on uh, iTunes. Please subscribe. Everything's wonderful. Thank you for listening. No, if you want to follow the Rupert Giles Hour, oh, Jesus Christ. Stacia and I are going to be there at Rupert Giles Hour. Thank you for Giles listening. Hour. Goodbye. <laughs>